Welcome to Making Love Better. I am Marvin Stevenson, here with Dr. Lila Stevenson, which happens to be my lovely wife. She is a certified sex therapist and a licensed professional counselor who specializes in helping couples and individuals have better relationships, better marriages, and better sex. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Making Love Better podcast. And today, our topic is going to be making love better means that you should have effective communication. I can remember my parents used to always say that once you learn better, you do better. Yes, and ideally, that will be a part of all of our realities, but we realize sometimes just because we've learned better, it don't always end up with us actually following through to doing better. So we're looking forward to sharing with you the ideal that making love better means that we do have to have effective communication to even talk about some of the hard stuff. Yeah, some of that tough stuff in in, uh, in your marriage. I can remember uh, when we first got married and uh, them first seven years was the tough stuff, right? <laughs> Very much so. And tough stuff, not just that we're talking about sex, but talking about a variety of things that, you know what, we just didn't have good communication skills yeah, at all. That's true. That is true. We did not have the skills that we needed to get us through those hard times. Yes. And um, so today we're going to lean in closer with the idea of having effective communication, certainly to talk about things that um, come up in marriage, but even more so we're going to lean in closer with um, skills that you need to be able to discuss sexual matters. Because interesting enough, honey, research shows that you know, couples, although they may be having sex, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily talk about sex. Can you so, imagine that? So let's just <laughs> jump right into it. Why is it so difficult for married couples, for husband and wife, to talk about that subject, sex? I know, and I and you know, and I just wonder how much of conversation may have been going on prior to marriage about sex, right? But when you get into the marriage, um, certainly it becomes a lot more difficult. And then sometimes even before marriage, you know, I won't just say that um, irresponsibly that, you know, that some people may not have struggled with talking about sex prior to marriage. But here's the deal. I think there's a lot to be said about what causes the anxiety, what causes the fear, what causes a hesitation to be able to talk about sex inside of marriage. Certainly, I do believe that sometimes um, there's a whole idea of sex being taboo. And I mean, we've experienced that ourselves coming out of um, homes, um, Christian-based homes, which was certainly a blessing. But you know, sex was something that was prohibited by way of us ever t- to really talk about. And so bringing that mindset into marriage sometimes um, causes tension. And then sometimes, too, um, our perceptions about um, sex can hinder um, conversations um, as it relates to the marriage relationship in the marriage bed. So it is easier to go through the process of having sex than it is to communicate <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to each other 
about sex. Yes, in most cases, apparently that's what's going on when couples don't actually talk about sex. They're sometimes a lot more comfortable with actually doing it than actually um, having a conversation. And of course, we like to encourage people that, you know, certainly, you know, we're all for enjoying this sexual experience with your spouse, but also to find time to talk about sex outside of the sexual experience outside of the bedroom, um, meaning um, that you would need a safe place, be it mm. physically, be it emotionally, that you've created, that you've decided a safe place where you both can um, spend time talking about sex, um, talking about your sexual relationship more specifically. But a lot of times, um, the difficulties of talking about sex usually starts early, at an early age in life. For sure. You know, being conditioned and groomed in an environment, again, as, you know, we were speaking early, in a home where sex may have been a word that may have been prohibited, mm. or sometimes having those early experiences in life, which is applicable for some people, but not all, um, where um, sex the word sex has a negative connotation, right? So when someone even say the word out loud, there may be some feelings of anxiety, um, feelings of, of uneasiness. So that would make it difficult for um, individual to um, ease into having a conversation about sex. So, so you're right. So early childhood experiences can be at play as to why the conversation is not taking place. So therefore, we have to be courageous and be very intentional about um, moving into those types of matters. Mm, so if you're coming from a home where it was difficulty talking about sex, mm -hmm. that leaves you out there on a limb where you have to gather your own information and put your own pieces together. Um, it could certainly put you in a in a position whereas you you know have to search out for answers. And I know from in most cases such as ours, um, you know, we had to search out. We didn't really know that we didn't know. To be quite honest, it was until pain set mm -hmm. in. We were in great distress ourselves that we came to the truth. We came to learn that the the pressures and the and the frustration that we were experiencing was connected to things that we had experienced early on in our life. So pain sometimes is a catalyst for change. Um, so if someone is experiencing pain in their relationship, uh, hey, I would say, um, you know what, be of good cheer. And that may, you know, sound to be very challenging. And it's because pain... I, I do believe pain is is used in such a way it can be the put us on the trajectory for change. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't I don't I really want to change the subject a little bit. I can remember um, the older model cars when they was um, had to change the spark plugs and the different spark plug wires for different sizes. Mm -hmm. So we had a person to go out one time and just take all the wires off the spark plugs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And tried to put the new ones back on, mm -hmm. but put them in different places. So by that, my, my point is that that person had to be, that, that car had to be rewired mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. where it could run. Because the way the person 
that that not knowing what they was doing, mm-hmm. plugged in the wires and the wrong spark plug mm-hmm. with the wrong coil. Wow, wow, wow! That's an amazing analogy. I like that because there's a lot of um, similarities to what happens. Um, as you're suggesting to us early in our lives that we are wired a certain way as it relates to how do we handle the subject matter of sex. Uh, and that comes to our shaping, our mindset about sex is something that's imprinting at early stages of life. Sometimes um, the imprint um, takes place in our families. Sometimes it's influenced, well, I won't say sometimes, it's, it's influenced by family, it's influenced by cultural is influenced by the media, by um, television, by music. All sorts of things are playing into our mindset, what has created our mindset and how to review sex. And, you know, and, and if, you're, if you're really, you know, again, have the advantage, if you're raised in a, in a place where you're a, a, a place of faith, where people have been able to teach you properly how God sees sex. Um, that's such a blessing. Um, and that does happen for some people, but the mass majority of people, I would suggest, don't have that type of wiring that you're speaking of. And that is, a, is an advantage. And that is an advantage. Um, but yet, yeah, too, if you've not been wired that way, um, we have to be rewired mm-hmm. because what's going to manifest is our wiring. Mm-hmm. You know, the matter in which we were conditioned, the matter in which we were wired to think about sex, unless we've taken time to evaluate that prior to marriage and to examine that and to reflect on it, it will show up in our marriage, be it good or bad. Mm-hmm. And just like I go back to that analogy of that car with those spark plugs, uh, the different spark plug hooked up to the different car. I mean, that car would, would crank up, mm-hmm. but it would skip and <laughs> pop and you know, do all kinds of things and shake <laughs> to let you know that the wiring is not correct. And yeah. it, it's just like when you um, not introduced properly yeah. to sex yeah. at an early age, yeah. it, there's some popping and shaking and <laughs> Some um, we wiring need to be done. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about us during those early years of our marriage. Oh, I seven think years was the, was the, it probably was a lot was the misfiring. And, <laughs> we and, 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 oh yeah, that's true. We had a lot of misfiring. We had a lot of popping, a lot of shaking and rattling. Mm-hmm. And I, I laugh. I'm laughing at us and not others because, and because on the other side of that, there's pain and oh, agony yes. and oh, frustration. Yeah. There's a lot of pain and agony, and there's a lot of lost time. Absolutely. So I laugh, but yet too, I'm so thankful and so humbled by the fact that God's amazing grace kept us fighting, and also to realize God's power of redemption for us because we're in a different place. And one of the things that had to happen with us, we had to have a willing and humble heart to learn better Mm -hmm. so that we can love each other better. And in learning better, we had to learn better communication styles. Now, we did have a, um, before we got married, we did have have a uh, premarital session that was about an hour. But uh, I, I I have to pound on Couples who are getting married to get some intense and valuable premarital counseling before you get married because a lot of stuff can come out mm-hmm. in premarital counseling mm-hmm. that can put you ahead of right. 
the game when you're married. Right, and it can help you to understand your wiring, right? It can also better set you up so that you can begin to address some of these things before you get into the marriage so that you won't be in frantic mode as a foundation is being set that you're trying to you know, um, figure out what's going on because you're going to bring some stuff into the marriage as just part of life. But as you suggest, premarital counseling can head off some of these things and put you on a track where you do have at least an awareness and you have a plan to address those matters. Um, so, you know, one of the things as we move the conversation along about the need to be able to talk about sex um, inside of our marriages, because this is what happens when you don't have a safe place to talk about sex mm. in marriage. Um, God, it can create havoc in, in your relationship, right? And that's because, um, you know, we all need a place to evaluate how we are operating and how we're doing as a spouse. When you, when you say safe place, explain to the audience what a safe place may look like. So a safe place is something that you would cultivate, you know, by um, engaging in conversation about, again, it can be about certainly tough stuff, but not just tough things, about anything. And you realize that inside of, you know, you can openly and honestly share with your spouse whatever you need to share with them without the fear of being criticized, the fear of being judged, the fear of being dismissed. Um, but you realize that you both have an agreement to be able to seek understanding and that you're willing to um, position yourself with an open heart to really lean into what they're saying so that you can give a level of empathy that will communicate that I care about you and I'm interested in learning what it is that you have to say and knowing what you have to say. So a safe place is not a place where you can go on the defense or go on the offense. But it's like a neutral place. It's a neutral place. Now it doesn't mean that, yeah, you don't. Your opinion about the matter may not may not differ, and you don't have the right to communicate that. Yeah, you may have a different perspective about it, uh, and that's something you have a right to communicate. But in a um, certainly timely matter, you would you know have room to do that. But when we share with couples this ideal of making sure that you have effective communication skills, um, having that place of safety means I can say what I need to say without the fear of being criticized, being judged, being punished, or any or the threat of, of, of any type of backlash um, from my spouse. So I, I know we, we're talking about um, creating a safe place, but... Um, when 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 you create a safe place, you're making it. It sounds like you're making yourself vulnerable. Yes, you are to somebody because Not meaning just, yeah. that your spouse, your spouse. Meaning that uh, if I was to give you something that was delicate or tender mm-hmm. or something that happened in my life or in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Could I trust you with that? Right. Those, yes, those, yes, those perimeters have to be already established and respected that, um, you know what, you can say what you need to say to me and I will not betray your trust that I will certainly hold those matters um, close to my heart and handle them with care. So, yes, that's a part of um, it being a safe place. And listen, and, and this is essential 
this is at the heart of being able to talk about sex, which mm. may be another reason why couples find it very difficult to do because you do have to pre- the prerequisite for talking about sex is you do have to have a safe place. Yes, you do. So, um, so we're gonna add a bonus um, podcast on to this for those who need to go back and create that safe place. Some things you can do, but but you know the beautiful thing about being able to talk about sex with your spouse is that it will help you to cultivate and develop deeper intimacy with each mm-hmm. other and it also you know is another one of those protective factors where it can help you to continue to fall deeper in love with one another but ultimately what happens is you become known to your spouse the mm-hmm. whole ideal of being deeply known is something, a way that the Bible describes sexual intercourse with um, a husband and wife is called yada, mm-hmm. to be known. To be known. And that can't happen when we're just having sex. It also opens up when we are actually dialoguing and discussing sex. Yeah. Um, another piece of that is transparency. Yes, yes. Yes, which is huge because, again, we can have sex without your mate really knowing what's going on in your heart. So when you begin to talk about sex, it means that now you're moving into what I would in some ways consider to be called sacred places, holy of holies, Mm -hmm. because now I'm willing to open up my heart to let you in, to let you know how I feel about the experience that I'm having with you what I like about it, what I would like to be different about it, and then I'm willing to be vulnerable enough with you to share that with you. So that level of transparency takes you past the outer court. It takes you into the inner court to really to that. It can get you into the Holy of Holies. So the safe place and the trust and the transparency can really uh, benefit you because um, you could be married... 2, 10, 20, 30, 40 years mm-hmm. and not realize that, um, let's say, for instance, in uh, the area of sex, you might realize that, that what, what you all was doing, your spouse really didn't like that, mm-hmm. but they went along with it. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? As Absolutely. far as you being transparent enough to say, you know what? We really didn't like this. Let's try this differently mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, so when you have a safe place, you're able to go into those conversations. And again, I, you know, for sexual conversations, um, I think those type of conversations best take place outside of the bed- bedroom. And again, just like in any sphere of life, we have to, you know, the goal is to remain current in our relationship because what may have been pleasing, especially for women, one season of the, of the relationship may not be applicable for the next season. So, so why, why is it so important? If it's sex and it's the bedroom, why is it so important to talk about sex outside the bedroom? Sex in the sense of sharing about, you know, um, if, if there's a concern. Sharing about if, you know what, there's an update about your sexual desire or sexual performance. Um, 
personally, I feel that it's better to have those conversations outside a bedroom because, again, sex is a very delicate thing. And, and it's it, neutral ground. And it's neut- it will give you neutral ground, but also, too, especially um, with men. Brothers love you, but yet for men... Hold on, hold on brother. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand up with y'all. Don't, don't, don't go nowhere. Don't go to stay there. Go ahead. But for men, you know, sometimes the, the performance is tied into their masculinity, is tied into their identity, right? So we want to have respect and make sure we want to put parameters around making sure that the ego is not bruised because sex is, again, much bigger than performance. So having those conversations away from the bedroom will probably create a better opportunity that you're able to hear each other. And you're not talking about necessarily or judging performance, but you're talking about the whole, the entire relationship and your ability to connect Sexually, you're talking about the experience, not mm-hmm. so much about performance, but about the experience, about the whole idea of pleasuring. And, and a, a lot of time, when we as men, when we when we, when we uh, hear something, hey, but honey, we need to sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. Our antennas goes up like, okay, yeah, it, what, what, yeah, what, defense. What we done, done now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The defense mechanism mm-hmm. can come up, especially again, if you you know, you have a spouse who say, you know what, I. Want to say something to you about, you know, what happened, you know, when we were having sex or I may, you know, particularly I don't enjoy that as much as I did in the past. And you're mm. trying to have that conversation in the in the bedroom and certainly don't. I encourage you not to have it necessarily during the time that you are being sexual, because, again, defense defense mechanism could come up. But certainly if you're at a certain point in your marriage, whereas you've passed all of that. Uh, certainly go for it. So, which is, you know, again, one of the reasons that um, the suggestion is given to have those type of conversations outside of the bedroom. Because, the, b- believe it or not, um, after the, all the dust and settle and mm-hmm. every it, everything has settled down, there are benefits for uh, talking about sex in an arena that's safe and trustworthy and transparent. Yes, it can transform your marriage for sure. Um, it can help you to connect deeper, um, certainly sexually, but certainly deeper emotionally, deeper spiritually. And the other thing is too, finally, I would say this, it will set you up to be able to give your children a firm foundation as it relates to how do you handle sex because it would broaden your perspective on sex from a um, from a golly position in the sense that you're, you you realize it's sacred, you realize that sex is something special, and you don't have to conceal it, right, but you get to enjoy it in the containers of your marriage, but also you get to have those discussions. And also want to encourage you to, even in having those discussions, to always include God in mm, prayer. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, we thank you all for tuning in for the Making Love Better podcast, and by, and which means by way of communicating effectively, effectively with your spouse. Yes, making love better for this particular podcast means communicating with your spouse about sex. So, goodbye for now. If this episode of Making Love Better has been a blessing, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us in our efforts 
of making marriages better and better by sharing this podcast with your family and friends. And remember to visit us on our website at wholesomeintimacy.com.